girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, I am so excited that you're here for today's episode. I think you're really going to connect with our guest today, which is one of my closest girlfriends, Jessica Johnson. And what's so cool is Jess just released her first book. It's called Your Bright Life. Get clear on what you want, overcome self-doubt, and bring your dreams to life. And in today's episode, we have a really juicy conversation about what it feels like to be new at something, navigating pivots in your career in the corporate world, as well as in entrepreneurship, how she actually launched her first book, because I know that's a dream that a lot of you have on your heart, maybe you specifically, and how you can lean into fear to help you find more clarity. And we have a really juicy part of this episode where we talk about navigating different relationships, whether it's with female friends or even with family who don't understand the path that you're charting. And it's really just a raw conversation like we're girlfriends chatting. And I think you're really going to feel like you're just sitting at the table with us. We're all having a cup of coffee together, just hanging out. And I think you're going to be really inspired by the pivots and transitions that she's made in her career and life and how she really has created her own version of a bright life. And what I love about Jess is she's so humble and down to earth, but she also has a way of just making you feel like you're capable, right? You're going to see what I mean in today's episode, just the way that she articulates a couple of the things that we talk about. I think you're just really going to connect with her. So Definitely let us know what you think of today's episode. You can find her at Hi Jessica Johnson on Instagram. You can go check out her new book, which I mentioned is called Your Bright Life. You can find it anywhere. This is her first ever book, so it's a really big deal to get it out into the world. You can find it on Amazon, all the places, and check out her podcast, The Bright Life Podcast as well. Now, without further ado, let's dive into the show. Jess, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome, girl. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's so crazy because for those listening in that don't know, Jess and I are such close friends. She was literally in Cena and I's wedding. We used to live in the same building and we have gone through so many different like pivots <laughs> in our life together. But this is a really big day for you that your book is coming out into the world. How are you feeling? Like, explain the feelings, because right now at the time that we're recording this, it's before it's actually technically out in the world. What's coming up for you right now, now that it's a written piece of content that anyone can read? <laughs> I know. I mean, so many emotions. I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, to have something that you've worked on behind the scenes for like a year and it's just been the last final stages and now it's here mm -hmm. feels wild. Um, definitely more relief than I imagined. Yeah. I didn't know I was holding so much of this in my own brain and like mm -hmm. heart and soul. And so just to have it out there feels so good. Um, and then definitely a little bit of just like, you know, nerves of, okay, now I've written this and it's, it's true for me and it feels true for my life, but now everyone else gets to read this as well yeah. and gets to see, you know, so much of like my heart and what I really truly think and believe. So just all the things, I mean, yeah, grateful. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of you. And this is just so cool. So, okay. The first thing I want to talk about is the concept of your bright life in general, because, you know, there are so many women listening into the show that have completely different visions. As you know, we talk about this all the time, different visions of what they want for their life. And what comes up to mind for me immediately is when you and for context, your husband, Derek and Cena and I were all out to dinner and Derek asked us if we could accomplish one thing in the next seven years, what would we want to accomplish? Like, what would be the thing that we would feel really upset if we didn't accomplish? And for me, right at that moment, instantly having a baby came to mind. And that was really weird because I was like, oh my gosh, like what the heck, right? And for you, it was writing a book. So 
How has that, like, how has that journey been like? Because I do think it's really important to talk about crafting your version of a bright life, which obviously you talk a lot about in the book, but it looks so different. Like your path is very different from other people's path. How has that been Mm -hmm. adjusting to like what you and Derek want to do with your life versus other people's or even societal expectations? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I had forgotten that that was even my answer. So it's so funny you remember back to that. And I think that's such a good point that I really truly believe it can be everyone gets their own version of whatever their bright life looks like. So it's not about me saying this is what everyone should have Mm -hmm. or just because this is what it looks like for me, this is what it should look like for everyone else. You really get to choose your own. Um, And I think about it so... It's funny you mentioned that because I once had a mentor say to me, you know, at this moment, if you died tomorrow, what version of you wouldn't get to have lived or been in the world? And for her, it was being a mom. And so that's how she knew. For me, it was being an author. So this was always something I wanted. Um, But in terms of like acceptance around just carving out a different path, I think for me in so many ways, it has looked like I want to be an author. I want to pursue a lot of career goals. Mm -hmm. I want to travel and see as much of the world as I can. And for a lot of my girlfriends, it's different. It's maybe having babies. um, It's having like a really, you know, big home life that they just love. And so I think part of just that acceptance is almost like how amazing that you get to have whatever your version looks like. And it adds to the whole tapestry. Mm -hmm. Like, if you didn't bring your version to the table, the, some aspect in the world would be lost. Like it's amazing that some people have the desire to be artists. Some people have the desire to be mothers and others accountants or, you know, business yeah. people. Um, like it, others, even just, you know, we all heard it during the pandemic, like essential workers, mm-hmm. like without everyone having their part and their desires lived, we're missing something. So I think that's been part of it is just owning like, whatever desire you have in your heart is beautiful and is needed in some way. And that's kind of helped me reconcile. Mine might look different than yours or anyone else's, but that's like a beautiful thing and something that we can all lean into and celebrate for each other because we know it's all valid and needed in some way. So good. And like, what would you say to someone who like intuitively she has a vision for what she wants to do? Like, I mean, maybe she wants to be a mom and she wants to write a book too or whatever it is that she has on her heart. But she has this voice, whether it's of her parents' perspective, her girlfriend's perspective, societal pressures of you should want this at XYZ age. Like, what would you tell her to like honor her own intuition? Like, how do you even do that in a world where it's like so much stimulus, like do this, be this, blah, blah, blah. Like, how do you listen to yourself? Yeah. Well, I think it really comes back to, I mean, I resonate with her because for me, for so much of my life as well, it was, I looked at like the dreams I had as things to kind of reel in and like make sure that they sounded good achievement wise, or they lined up with my career track or, you know, that they made sense logically and really started to shift that a few years ago. Um, A client of mine was a women's leadership coach and she really shifted my perspective around how desires can be these sacred things where if you have this desire that doesn't make sense with the rest of you, your career track or whatever it may be, I think part of it is just getting still and allowing yourself to even go to that place Mm -hmm. that says, what do I actually really want? And if nothing was wrong, what would I want? And if there was no hierarchy of this thing is better for whatever reason, what would I start with first? What would I care about most? And I think those questions can help remove some of that external conditioning we have around what society or a family or school systems tell us is good and noble and worthy and get us back to the heart of like, but what do I want? Like, what do I dream about? What would I really want to put out in the world? Um, And just, I think just getting back to that place is your first step. I love that. And just gives people the, I mean, they need to learn how to give themselves that permission slip, but it's just Mm -hmm. like the way that you frame that is so powerful because it's like when, like if everything else was kind of drowned it out, like you actually do have the answers internally. Like, you know, for yourself, it's just like, we have to create that space. So Okay, Jess, I because I know you so well. I know one of the things that you struggle with that women in this community struggle with, and obviously you've worked so much through this, especially putting this book out into the world, is 
the fear of more so shining really brightly, right? Like how is me showing up and having this big, bold life where like I get to travel the world and I have this business that I love and like you left and we're going to talk about going from good to great. But like, you know, like what you're doing is like, what if I'm going to make other people uncomfortable? How did you navigate that? And how for someone listening into this episode, that's like, oh, I have big dreams, but I'm really scared of quote unquote, leaving people behind or other people's opinions of if I go chase this big thing, what they're going to think about me. How did you navigate that? Especially with putting oh. a book out into the world too. Cause that's a big thing. Yes. But that's called your bright light. Yes. I mean, because I had an issue. So my podcast is, you know, the bright life podcast, yeah. but I had a meltdown over that name yeah. because I was like, people are going to think that I'm bragging. They're not going to want to hear something positive. There's so much hard stuff going on in the world. You know, who am I to talk on this? So that it's been a full evolution of even putting that out there and then now having a book and kind of a brand around that. Yeah. It's been a journey around shining. And what you said, you know, you're not leaving people behind. The way I think about it now is that you are bringing them with you. Yes. Like you get to have this amazing adventure and, um, you know, trying all these things you've never done before. You get to have these experiences and share them with people, not to create this distance, but to really bring other people into what's possible and what they may want to do in their own way. Yeah. So that's been part of it. I mean, there's been so many layers around getting through that shining invisibility piece. I think one, just knowing that, you know, other people are projecting themselves a lot onto you. Mm -hmm. So it's not really ever about you. You know, you can tell two different people the exact same thing and they're going to have a different reaction based on their own experiences, fears, yeah. you know, in excitements, passions. So that's part of it is kind of knowing it's never really about you. Mm -hmm. It's about them. I think another part is that, you know, people will maybe spend 10 seconds looking at what you're doing. And even if they had the biggest judgment ever, at the end of the day, that's 10 seconds and you have an entire lifetime yes. to make sure that you are doing something that brings you joy and fulfillment and really feels true for you. So that's been another piece is just kind of reminding myself that everyone's going to have a different opinion regardless, no matter yeah. what I do, it's probably more about them. And even if they had the worst opinion ever, I have to do what's true for me because I'm the one living the rest of my life. They're probably onto the next, you know, post or whatever, right. 10 seconds later. It's so true because so often people tell me they're fearful of you know, going for it and failing. But really like underneath that is this fear of like, what are other people going to think about me if I quote unquote fail? Or what are they going to make that mean about me as a person? But in reality, if you really think about it, like you see someone's post, you see what they're doing, and then you're on to the next thing because so many of us are worried about what everyone else is thinking about us anyways. So it's just like, yeah. it's not it's not a reality. But I, I get that it's a real fear for people. And, you know, you have worked with so many women with your business and, you know, just over all of the years with all of these different pivots and transitions that they've gone through. And my question for you is like, what do you notice is the most like common fear that comes up for people that are wanting to do that thing? Whether it is launch a podcast, start a business, scale to the next level, write a book, maybe even like move to a new city, travel, whatever it is. Like, what are the fears that come up for women most often that you've noticed? Yeah. Well, fear of what other people will think is a big one. Yes. It's very, very common for friends and family to not always understand your yes. vision if you are reaching for something different or the first, you know, to do things. That's very common. Yeah. So that's one. I think another is the fear of, like you mentioned, failure, mm -hmm. quote unquote. But, you know, I've failed, as you might say, yeah. right? But like what I really learned in failing is that kind of every experience adds up to serve the next. Yeah. And so even the things that I would have considered failures at the time or that I had to pivot from have actually set me up for the next step. You know, my first business helped me grow my second one that much faster. Yeah. You know, having to figure things out and how to get clients and that whole struggle really allowed me to be able to grow and scale much faster in another way. Yeah. You know, things I was doing in corporate, then having to leave corporate allowed me to run my businesses. So it goes on and on, but like, I think that's a big piece too, is like, you're never actually really failing because you're out there knowing what would have happened. Like, isn't a big, bigger failure to sit and wonder what would have been your yeah. whole life? You know, like you're at least at the end of the day, you're knowing what came from chasing your heart. Mm -hmm. And so 
I just think we have to rework our definition of failure and of success and make sure that whatever you're doing really lines up with what failure and success truly are for you versus just what it sounds like outside. Well, and it's so true because so often it's like we're fearful of doing that thing that we know could give us a better, brighter life. And we already know our current situation. Like we already know that we're in something that we don't want. But then it's like catching your brain since it's so primally wired to want to keep you in those familiar thought patterns and that comfort zone to want to make that change, even if you know that change is going to be better for you. So it's like, it's such a mind game, but it's reminding yourself to your point of like, the trajectory of like all of the things that maybe at the time you thought were a quote unquote failure, but you can look back and connect the dots of how it got you here. So on that, because there are so many women that listen into this podcast that have a vision of leaving the corporate world altogether, right? So can you tell us a little bit about your career trajectory and like how the hell you got here to writing this book and having multiple businesses and getting to travel the world with your husband. Like your life, I feel like in a lot of ways is very aspirational to a lot of people. And, you know, we talk about this all the time that it's important for people to see you like pull back the curtain because it's like how, you know, I want to see sometimes like what's the path that you took, although my path won't be similar. Like where do I even start? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it has been a winding journey. So for anyone thinking it has to be linear or worried about that the next thing is the right thing, it's it can evolve in so many ways. So it goes back to I was in corporate at first and I was doing content writing, content marketing. I liked the work day to day, but I just always felt like I wanted to have my own thing. I craved more freedom and fulfillment. I feel like there must be something else out there. But I had no idea what to do. So I started studying um, nutrition and holistic wellness, nights and weekends, (laughs) just as a passion. Um, from there, I thought, you know what? This will be my thing. Like, I will go and I will coach on holistic health. And I it never occurred to me that I could do writing or anything like that. So I jumped into coaching. Um, and what I found in growing that first business is that I really enjoyed the days where I could be creative making teaching materials for my clients. Um, But the back-to-back calls I felt more drained by. So I kind of started to pivot that. And this is like shortening years, right? So like you're hearing this digest, but for anyone listening, this can be years of discovery. So once I realized I liked those days of being heads down and creative, I pivoted to writing for holistic health companies and wellness brands. That became my second business, which grew a team and an agency. Yeah. Um, and in mentoring that team, I realized how much I really loved mentoring women around that. Mm-hmm. So that kind of led to the next evolution of my business, where now I get to work really closely with women and train them in content writing yeah. and building their own businesses in that. Um, and along that way, I just you know wanted more kind of fulfillment again, like nights and weekends. I was like, I need something creative I can put out there. So I started a podcast. Mm-hmm. This was a few years ago. That then led to the book that you know ties in with the podcast theme. So it's been such a winding journey of pivots and like seeing the road for maybe a year, and then it's it's a grind and it's not quite working. But then that helps me. It's like almost out of the things that aren't working, it causes you to look and find your next solution. Yes. And that can turn into your next journey, like your next chapter. And so it's really been that for me. It's just kind of finding acceptance in the in the pivots of, yes. it, of the whole journey. And finding the next solution. Like I think so often when we meet that resistance, we want to tell ourselves, like, I'm not cut out for this and throw in the towel. Or we hold on to it and try and shove down, at least I know a lot of women listening into this, like, and I've done this too, try and shove down this uncomfortable feeling that's telling you this is no longer aligned because sometimes on paper, it makes sense. Like your corporate job on paper made sense. Your first business on paper made sense. So how do you get yourself, you know, because a lot of times we get caught up in like, I'm this, or this is my title, or I worked X amount of years to get here, right? To the woman listening into this that is a director of marketing, but she's got this gut feeling that she wants to start a podcast about, I don't know, being a doula, like, or whatever, something totally random. How did you get yourself to detach from the title of it and be known for something to believe that you could start again in something else? I mean, kind of kicking and screaming like it was really uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) because I was so conscientious of those titles up until 
entrepreneurship. You know, I'd worked so hard to get into the right college and then to get the right internships and then to get the right job and, and follow the promotion track. So it was really uncomfortable for me to make those changes and yeah. to feel like I made them so publicly. But I think something that helped is just realizing that every time you do, you get a little bit closer to what you really want and what feels so good and fulfilling to your your own life yeah. that it becomes worth whatever discomfort that you have so to good. endure to get there. You know, so I think that's a big part of it is it's hard if you don't have any evidence of that in the beginning. If you've never had to kind of sit through the discomfort and get to the other side, but once you do a few times, mm -hmm. that really helps to build your confidence and your willingness to go through the uncomfortable parts. Yes. Um, and I think you really realize, I used to think that fear was something that I could take action once the fear was gone. Yeah. I used to think it was something that I could like fight through and then I would take action. And now I've just really learned that it's always there when you're stretching for something that feels really true for you or that's different than your current path or title. And so if you can not make the fear wrong, but just realize that it's part of you doing something you really care about, mm. it becomes a lot easier to just move forward and realize you always get through it and you get on the other side to something that you actually really, really care about and are so glad you took that chance for. <sighs> I love that because if you're not scared of it, then you probably don't care about it enough, right? Yeah. And like, that's almost like when you feel that fear of like using it as a compass of like, ooh, shit, like I'm moving in the right direction then <laughs> because this is so uncomfortable. And I love just your example of even just like the trajectory of your career and everything too, because it's like, now we can connect the dots looking backwards, but it's like every time you're feeling that discomfort and while maybe it was like kicking and screaming, like, ah, I don't want to do this or like, I don't know how to do this. You recognize like it makes sense why you felt that fear and discomfort because you had to make that change, which led you to this. And who knows where it will lead you to in the future. We'll be talking about all these pivots and transitions. Yeah. But I do think that is a really scary thing for a lot of people is this idea. And I, you know, you've done this several times in your career of being at the top of your game in something and then having to be a beginner again, right? Because like we know, we know cognitively not to compare ourselves to other people, but I for self, like for sure have struggled with this more, like comparing myself to a prior version of myself when the circumstances were different, you know, a lot right now with this pregnancy of like comparing myself before I got pregnant to my energy levels. But I noticed this even in my career and like as an entrepreneur, when I start something new and I'm like, why do I suck? Oh, because you have yeah. to suck at the beginning. <laughs> so when you feel that for someone that is starting something new, that's already seen success in something else, right? Maybe in their corporate world or maybe in their business. And now they're pivoting to doing something for the very first time. When you feel that type of beginner resistance, how do you get your mindset to be like, this is normal. This is part of it. When like you feel it and you're like, ah, like, I don't even know if I want to do this. Like, how do you handle that? Yeah. So uncomfortable. I once watched this little two-minute clip by Ira Glass that really helped me. Yeah. And it talked about beginners and how all people that do creative work or work they really care about go through this stage where what they want it to look like doesn't quite line up with what they know they can do or what they're like picturing in their head. Yeah. And the only way to get through that is to just keep going and do a lot of work and a lot of practice and reps. So I have always kept that really close to my heart where anytime I feel that resistance because I'm a beginner, I try and remember that that is not a sign something's gone wrong. That's really just a sign that it's that I'm on the journey, right? Like that it's part of the yeah. process. And what he always says too, which I think is so encouraging is that it it actually means that you have great taste because you can see the difference between what you want something to look like and what it currently looks like. Mm. And so it's, it's not a sign that you're bad at it. It's a sign that you have great taste. It just takes a while for the things to align. So that's definitely part of it. Um, and I always try and remember that the first time you're doing anything, even like writing this book, yeah. it takes at least twice as long. It's at least twice as difficult. And that is not, that is just beginning. Yes. Like that is just getting used to something for the first time. And so I, even my writers and, you know, the, the women I mentor, I always try and tell them that where I'm like, this doesn't mean that you can't have an amazing career that you aren't good at this. It just means it's your first time and it's harder the first time for everyone. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a brand new client and you've been doing it 10 years, it just is that beginning feeling. Mm -hmm. And so that all of that just kind of helps me normalize it and feel less like, 
this is a sign I'm doing something wrong or I'm missing something important. It's like, this is just the process for everyone who is brave enough to begin and to learn something new. So good. So I know like a common thing that comes up when we are in that beginner state, especially is when we feel discouraged and we're, you know, we're trying to navigate through that beginning stage, but instead of working through it, we then like avoid it by looking at what other people are doing, right? Looking at Mm -hmm. someone who's accomplished that thing that you want to accomplish or is 10 steps ahead of you. And sometimes this whole like self-deprecating, you know, because we can often be our own worst critics thing comes up where we start saying she has something that I don't or like look at her, but you know, good for her, but I could never do that. Maybe I should just not go for it. How have you navigated that for yourself, whether it's coming up for you now at all with writing a book and other women that have written books that could be in the similar genres or even early on in your entrepreneurial journey where you're like, oh my gosh, I want to be there, but I'm here. Like, how do you navigate comparison of yourself in particular to other entrepreneurs or women? Yeah. Yeah. I used to get into it. it it's still a thing, right? Yeah. And everything, every time you do something new, but in the beginning, especially, I would feel like they must have something I don't, yeah. or they must be better in this or that way. And what I really learned is one, um, they probably aren't better necessarily. They just got started a bit before Mm me. So what they're doing now looks a lot different um, because they've had to go through those uncomfortable beginner stages or the first drafts that just weren't where they're at today. So that kind of helps where it's like if you are wanting to do something, but you're thinking someone else must have something that you don't, or they're so much better at this or that, it's like they might have just gotten started a little bit before you, but you can absolutely get to that place in your own way as well. Yeah. So that's really helped. And then also, you know, I really realized that I used to think that someone had like this strategy that I was missing, right? Like if I could just figure out how they were doing things, I could I could hack it. Like I could figure out my next step. And more than anything, I think I've realized that they may not have this special mystical strategy that you need. It's really just that they have probably found a way to fall in love with being consistent and showing up and believing in their way of doing things. So whether you want to do a certain type of social media post or podcast or, you know, write a book or do a blog it's like, what is a way that you can do it that you really genuinely love and be consi- can be consistent with? And that will become the right strategy. Mm-hmm. And so instead of hopping from one to the next and wondering what someone else has, it's like, what way can you fall in love with? Um, because that will probably work. You just have to be consistent at it, believe in it. And it's like, there's nothing secret that you're missing. It's, it's just, it's finding your way really. Yeah. That is, that's so helpful and like tactical to think about it that way too. And I love the biggest, one of the biggest differences between us is you are so tactical and strategic and like, you know, you love like creating like modules and like training programs. And that's like why I walked away from my programs was I'm like, I just want to get on and be like, yo girl, like, let's go. So like, I just, I love how you double down on your strengths, which is also why I think this book is going to be so helpful for people because it is very like, it's, it's storytelling, which like keeps people engaged, but it is also, it feels tactical. You know what I mean? And sometimes people need more framework, which is really awesome. But on that, I want to talk about the combination of doing the work in your business or in your career. And then also this other side of it, that's a little bit more wooey, right? Like the manifestation Mm -hmm. and the visioning like yourself and the embodying it, like before you become it, that type of concept. So Tell me about how you toggle between the two of those things. (laughs) Girl, I hope you're loving this episode with Jess. I just wanted to make sure that you are in the loop of two really fun ways that you can connect with other women in person in this community. This is through our intimate retreats called Empower Her Retreats held at Peach House, my husband Cena and I's Airbnb here in Denver, and Empower Her Live, which is our epic, massive annual event. Picture 800 women together in person. This year, our big event, Empower Her Live, is in Denver, Colorado, September 22nd through the 24th. And if you're listening to this episode in real time, not only are tickets now available, but they're also on flash sale pricing, meaning you get $150 off a GA or VIP ticket. And, you know, I just think it's really powerful to get physically in the room with 
other women, that's when I've always seen the most transformation. That's also when I've just had so much freaking fun because I know if you listen into this podcast, you value transparency and connection and you probably have a feeling in you that you want more in some aspect of your life, whether that's in your career, your relationships, your business, your health. You want more depth of connection in your female friendships. You want to be excited. You don't want to feel like you're stuck just going through the motions. Like You want to make your one shot here freaking count. And I want to curate a space for you to get to connect with women that get it. And that's why we focused, you know, at, in 2022, we closed all of our online programs and memberships and everything, courses, all of that to focus exclusively on curating these types of spaces. So if you are interested in one of our intimate 12 person retreats here in Denver, hosted at Peach House or Airbnb, I want you to text the word retreat to 512 548 2728. Again, text the word retreat to 512-548-2728. And if you're like, Keish, I have to be at Empower Her live this year. I got to be in the room, feel that hype, feel that energy, get to be part of a live podcast, this epic welcome reception. We bring in powerhouse keynote speakers and panelists, fun surprises, all these ways to just like get a fire lit under your booty and in you. There's nothing as high vibe as being around 800 women that are also obsessed with personal growth like you and just care about connecting. So anyway, if you're interested in snagging your ticket, you can text the word event to 512-548. Or eight two seven two eight, or head to empowerherlive2023.com and you can snag your ticket directly there. So again, if you're interested in the retreat, text the word retreat. If you're interested in vet, text event. If you're interested in both, you're like, Keisha, I got to do all the things, then text both of the words. Now, just wanted to make sure I kept you in the loop of all the fun, juicy things. And now we're going to dive back into today's episode. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I definitely have both sides of me where, like you mentioned, I love a good strategy, a good plan. Um, I find a lot of comfort in like action items and tasks Mm -hmm. and to-do lists I can check off. (laughs) But what I've learned is that's not the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Like there is some part that I truly believe in that is also like who you become along the way that's just as important, you know, as the tasks. And so, for example, for me, any dream that I've had, like becoming a business owner or being comfortable getting visible, Mm -hmm. there's certain actions that I could take. You know, I could post consistently and get used to that. Um, I could fine tune my offers and pricing and all those things. But there was also a part of it where I had to become really comfortable feeling like that business owner person. And when I didn't, taking a closer look and seeing, well, why don't I feel worthy of this or that Mm. thing? Um, Why don't I feel like this is meant for me? Why do I feel like someone else can have this, but not me? And so a lot of that helped me to kind of become or embody this dream that I had or this person I wanted to become while taking action. And I found it was never really one or the other. It was really holding the space for both Mm -hmm. and leaning into them in their own way. And that's when I started to see magic in terms of making progress on my dreams and goals. Yeah. It's interesting because a lot of times, like just from how many podcasters I've helped, like, Keisha, I want to grow my show. And like, I really am passionate about this podcast, but so often they're afraid to lead with it. Like saying that they have a podcast if it's not at a certain point, right. Or saying that they wrote a book, if it hasn't sold X amount of copies, or if their blog doesn't have X amount of subscribers or their YouTube channel or whatever, they're just starting because it feels to them like, Oh, this is not big enough for me to share about this. Have you ever navigated that in your like entrepreneurial career where like you've unintentionally or, you know, maybe even subconsciously like made something seem smaller because you were scared of putting it out there or scared of other people's reaction to it? Oh, yeah. I constantly have to check myself on that. I mean, with my podcast, you know, even with the book, it's been such a good refresher on all of this because you get kind of comfortable, right? Like you get used to saying you're a business owner after a while and that starts to feel more normal. But then when you do something new, just like anyone else, like I'm feeling all those feels again. So I have to definitely check myself from saying, oh, it's just this or it's my small thing or it's this passion project. And I think it's just the awareness of catching yourself when you say those things. Mm -hmm. And then also almost, you know, thinking like, is that really true for you? Like, is that all you want it to be? Or 
If not, where can you kind of work on that mindset piece around, like, how does it feel if you say, I actually have a top 10 book or top 10 podcast or whatever your thing is? How does that feel in your body? And if it feels just like uncomfortable or ridiculous, it's kind of like looking at, well, why? What? Why is that? And strengthen those muscles where you kind of believe that. I mean, I did that even on the book. I'm saying, you know, speaker and things like that, things that I desire to do more of one day. But right now they feel a little bit like, ah, like I'm putting it out there. I'm I'm giving myself the space to grow into it, but they definitely feel like there's a gap there and I just have to lean into it and be like, no, this is who I am and I can hold this and, Mm -hmm. and I'll get there. You know, you kind of just believe in yourself that you you can get there. <laughs> yeah. It's, that stretch feeling is so uncomfortable of like calling your shot on something that you have no idea how it's going to get there, but trusting like yeah. I'm gifted this vision. And if I'm gifted this vision, or at least what works for me is like, I think if I'm gifted this vision, I'm also gifted the resourcefulness to figure out any of the hows. So like I can't get caught up in the how. But with that, do you feel like your ability to manifest and dream and think about the vision of the future helps you stay the course? Because like picturing you writing this book, like, I mean, you wrote this book very quickly, right? And I never want people to compare (laughs) their timelines, but like you crush this book out. Like tell us first, first, I want to know, tell us about the process of writing this book and how you actually wrote it. And then how long have you been envisioning having a published book that gets out into the world? And how do you picture that feeling? Because I think sometimes people miss that point of like, embodying this and like picturing yourself in that moment to tap into that when it gets hard, when you get edits back and you're like, this sucks. Like I have to do all this work and now I have to keep moving forward. Right? Like, so tell us about Mm -hmm. both of those. (laughs) Okay. Yes. I have had a dream to be an author since as long as I can remember. I just knew it was one of those things that I wanted to do one day, but I didn't know the book idea. Like I was like, I don't know what I'm going to write about, but hopefully something comes to me eventually. So that was kind of the first part of the process is about a year or so ago, I just got clear on the intention. So for me, part of that dreaming process you mentioned is like, what do I really want? What can I picture? And I decided I wanted to write a book. So I kind of was like, okay, I'm ready for the idea whenever it comes. And then it's giving yourself like a little bit of that white space and room. Like, for me, I try not to look at it so intensely. Like, where is it? I, you know, said I was ready. Let's, I got my <laughs> right. pen and paper. Like, let's get this started, but let it, give it a little room. And then I got the idea. So once I got the idea, I just started, you know, ferociously writing down everything that I could. <laughs> so mm-hmm. every idea um, that felt random, but just like it somehow could connect, that kind of helped me start to see a broader picture for this book and kind of put things into buckets and move them around And then I just tried to tackle one chapter at a time. And I would do it on like planes, trains, and automobiles all around the world. (laughs) I did. And I looked at it. I kind of looked at each chapter as a a long blog post. So that helped me. I'm in that writing world. But I thought I can sit down and write a blog post on, um, you know, fears, on reframing beliefs, on pivoting, on things like that. So I try and just do one chunk at a time. And that assembled a book. And then... You know, to your point, I didn't know what the next step was, but I started to see, okay, now the book's written. So I guess my next step is probably to find an editor. So let me go figure out how to do that. (laughs) And then once I did that, it was like, okay, well, I guess I should have someone help me with the layout. So it was really just this process of like, you know, holding the vision of I knew what I wanted to do and kind of letting the steps fill in along the way. Yeah. And then your, your second part is like, how do you see that and let it carry you through? I think it's partly just like if you know that you are meant for something or you really desire something, like kind of trusting that you are, you're trusting the timing of your own journey. So there's always going to be pressure. And, you know, even, you know, my husband, Derek, like he's like the kind of like, let's get this out tomorrow. Like what's Derek and I could not be more different. I love him so much. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I think you just have to be like, really propelled by your vision, your enthusiasm around something. And then there's also this balance of just trusting your timing and that the pieces will come in and you can take the next few steps you can see now. And then the next few will appear when you're at that place, but you just have to keep moving. And that's kind of how the path reveals itself. I love that. It's so interesting because I've always been, for whatever reason, I have always felt like 
I wanted to be this like, come with me, like, let's figure out life together. That, you know, that's kind of where Empower Her started. So, but like, yeah. I've talked about wanting to be visibly pregnant at our live event in September, long before we, we even wanted to have a baby. Because I was like, I want to show other women, you can be like, super pregnant and so chase your big dreams. And like, you, I've just always felt that call on my heart and not everybody has that vision. Just like, that's not your vision. That's not someone listening into this vision. And now that I'm thinking I'm going to be like 35 weeks pregnant, so pregnant <laughs> at that event, but I've thought about this before. So it's almost like when the fear comes up of like, can I handle this? I'm like, no, 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 you were gifted this vision. And this is why this is happening for you. Just like you'll be able to handle whatever comes like the feedback that you're going to get from this book. Of course, you want everybody to love it. Like everyone does of putting anything out into the world. But if someone doesn't, like you're going to be able to handle this because this dream is in you. So you're gifted the resourcefulness too. Like when you can actually believe that to be true, it, at least for me, it's really helped me just like manage the fears that can come from it of like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea how like a book's going to get out into the world. Like how many copies are going to be sold? Like, am I going to be like so sweaty and gigantic at my event that I'm going to have to like waddle <laughs> around? Like, you know, whatever it is for you or anyone listening in, it's like, gosh, like trust it. And I feel like you've done a really good job at doing that. And I want to touch on this a little bit because there are women listening into this that have someone close to them. Maybe it is a significant other or it's a best friend or it's a sister that they don't do things the same way that they want to approach things, right? Like they're the way that they want to put a book out into the world. For example, like we'll use your husband, Derek, as an example. Yeah. You guys literally <laughs> could not be more different. We see my husband, Tina, and I love you guys both so much. And the four of us together are all drastically different. You would see a little bit more similar, I think. But sometimes I think, you know, Derek just thinks I'm an alien and vice versa. And I, he has such a different perspective on probably the path and journey towards you writing a book, how to get it out into the world, what you should do. So how when you live with someone, like using his as an example, but again, making this applicable to anyone that has a different vision of how you should create your dream, how do you stay true to what feels aligned for you as an individual? Yeah. Well, that's such a good question. It's so real. I mean, we've had talks definitely <laughs> where, I mean, my husband is so like uh, efficiency driven yes. and, you know, if you can get something done in half the time, why not? It doesn't matter if you're ready or not. So <laughs> he's just had a whole different way of doing a book than I have. And, yeah. And, and he's so, writing a book at the same time as you, which is also really wild. <laughs> Yes. And to prove the point, he's, you know, using a lot of chat GPT because that will help him accomplish his goal faster. Yeah. And my way is so heart driven and I want it to be my own words and I want the timing yeah. to feel like natural for me. So I think the first thing that really helps is knowing that you can coexist with someone with different styles yes. and you don't have to merge into each other or adopt their style if that doesn't feel good to you. Yeah. Like, he and I are both very comfortable kind of owning our way of doing things. Yeah. And I don't get too riled up by his way, but more I like find the humor in it. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, that's like an alien. Like I'm like, well, that's an interesting <laughs> way of doing things, but that's not like my way. Right. So the second piece is like you have to know your own way too and like honor that. Yeah. Um, if I was always pulled into it should be this or it should be that, that could create a lot, it would create a lot of discomfort with this whole process. For sure. So I think I was just very clear that that's a valid way for him. But for me, this is how I want it to feel for me yeah. and what I want the process to look like and who I want to be on this journey. Mm -hmm. And so owning that and then owning that his path can be so different and we can still support each other in it. And then sometimes you do have to set boundaries. So mm -hmm. sometimes I'll say to him or anyone else in any other scenario of just like, okay, like I can't think about it that way right now, or I yeah. can't really talk about it that way right now. Or even today I had a lot going on with the launch and getting ready. And so I was just like, okay, but I can't talk about other business ideas today. Yeah. I really need to protect my mind space on this yeah. for today. So it's just partly that mix of like, you might, sometimes you have to set boundaries, yeah. you can go exist. And then also you have to really know that your way can be right for you. And like, you can honor that. And it just, it will never feel as true if you kind of cave or yes. um, don't protect that as well. I love the way, and like, I love your guys's marriage dynamic because it's also such a good reminder for people of like, it's not beneficial to try and get someone to be more like you because honestly, like what attracted you guys to each other is a lot your differences too, right? And I think that's really 
helpful to have someone who has a different perspective than you, who can add value in their own way and having this curiosity lens rather than like, you should think like me. Because, you know, there's been seasons in our marriage where I know for sure that I've wanted Zena to think the same way as me about something. Like, just do it my way. Just like focus on the fun, focus on the journey. It doesn't matter about the end goal. Like, but I see how beneficial (laughs) it is to have somebody that does think differently and offers a different perspective. So whether for anyone listening and whether that is your significant other, it's starting to see that as like such a beneficial thing rather than causing so much friction. And I honestly like seek out one of the reasons I love Derek so much is because he's so different than me. Where like I seek out people's opinions where like most often I'm going to disagree with him, but I'm curious (laughs) as to what he thinks because it makes you think different. And I think in our world today, it can be really powerful to start asking yourself, like, are you ever seeking out information that's different than your current belief? Or even like, are you are you willing to be quote unquote wrong about something because the path could be better? And knowing kind of that dance of trusting your own intuition, but also still being open-minded that sometimes things or people come into your life in different ways that you're like, I didn't even know I needed that, right? So- Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you might get great ideas. I mean, all the time, sometimes I'm surprised by it because I'll be like, so like, that's not my style or that's not my thing. But then he will say something that I never would have thought about. And so that can be true too, where it's like, if you do have someone in your life like that, you know, as long as you both kind of come together with your own strengths and ideas, you might get an idea from them that you can do in your own way, but like you never would have had that without them. And that's kind of a beautiful thing too, to be on that journey, life journey with someone who's so different, but then brings more that you never would have encountered without them. Yeah. So on that, for anyone that is navigating someone in their life, so let's take out the significant other conversation. And maybe it is like a parent Mm -hmm. that doesn't understand them wanting to move away from the city that they live in. Or like I I want to bring this up because I think there are a lot of listeners in this community that like for example don't want to have kids and maybe their parents don't understand that, right? How have you navigated any of those conversations? Like you guys don't live by your family. You guys are basically digital nomads. Like we were neighbors for a <laughs> second, which was awesome. And you guys don't want to have kids. You guys have huge dreams like entrepreneurial wise. Like you're in a visa right now at the time that we're recording this. So right. So you're and you didn't grow up with parents who had that lifestyle. So you're completely creating something that didn't exist that to model after. How do you yeah. navigate that when people don't understand it? And you don't have to give specifics about your parents or anything, but like I'm sure you've had resistance with people in your life that are like, why are you doing it that way? Oh, you don't want to have kids or oh, you don't want to live in Washington State or oh, you don't want to do that. How how do you navigate that? I think you just have to know what at the end of the day is true for you and what you will regret not doing more. So for me, I would have really regretted never going for an entrepreneurial dream. Yeah. Would have really regretted at one point I moved to New York City in my 20s. And, you know, for my mom, it was heartbreaking because I was so close and then so far. And, but I knew that one day I would look back and wonder what could have happened if I hadn't gone for it, you know, and with, kids and everything like that too. I think we always think, well, you know, I don't know, just like what feels really true for you because you are the only one really living your life. Mm -hmm. And so you can still, like we were talking about earlier, bring people along with you. You can find ways to find that common ground or, you know, for us, we get to travel with our families a lot more now or meet them in fun places. Um, We get to be, you know, meet our niece and nephew and take care of them. So we find our common ground, Mm. but I really try and just stay true for like, what actually feels good for me? What day-to-day do I really want to live? And what am I going to look back on and regret, you know, even if it's different for someone else or someone close to me? I I just love, like, and I really wanted to make sure that I asked you about that because I just think it's so important. And we talk a lot about on this podcast about how your example to how you show up for life is a testimony to other people of what's possible. And sometimes just the pressure of stay in this corporate job because you went to school for this or stay close to your family because if you leave your family, what does that mean about your relationship with your family? Have kids because that's, that's what you quote unquote should do at this age. And like, there's so much pressure. But I think there are a lot of women that need to give themselves that permission slip of creating their own bright life, knowing like it doesn't have to look like your sister or your best friend mm-hmm. or someone that you grew up with or what your parents think that you should be doing. So I love that. Okay, to kind of tie this up, what is your what are you most excited about or like what's the like what are you hoping I guess that people take away from your book and like 
even like the feeling that you want them to feel. Like, did you think about kind of the person that you're most excited to have reading this book and just picturing like where she is? She like takes a selfie with your book on Instagram. You're like, what the heck? It's so crazy. Tell us about that. Like, what are you envisioning for the readers of your book? I just want the readers of my book to feel so encouraged and inspired and like re-energized. I just pictured a woman who, you know, has maybe lost connection with what her passion is or has always felt like she's been on this one track, but isn't sure that's what she really wants. Mm -hmm. And I wanted her to be able to have something that really reconnected her to whatever her version of her brightest life is and whatever version that she could feel that it like moves her and brings her to tears. She she just feels it so much and then have a path to get there. So, you know, the book will take her through like, here's how you do the dreaming. Here's the deciding process. Here's how you embody and then do. And here's how you reframe the beliefs. Like each chapter is kind of broken up like that. But I just wanted her to feel like she not only could reconnect to that part of herself that woke up excited for the day again and knowing what she wanted, Mm -hmm. but also felt like she was able to start bringing it into her life day by day. Um, You know, if it'd been a while since she felt that again. So I just think that the general tone is just like encouraged, uplifted, like re-energized, inspired. Um, And yeah, I've, I've just like thought of her the whole time writing it in all these places. And so it's so fun that now it gets to be like in her hands. And I'm so excited to find out who she is and, you know, get to connect with her and via email or whatever it may be. I'm so, yeah. so excited. Okay. So for everyone listening in at the time that this episode is released, they can grab your book. Where th- can they get it? What's it called? Tell us about your podcast, all the things. Just I'm so like as yeah. a friend who's watched your journey and I've gotten to have like a close look at this evolution of you. I'm so proud of you. And I'm just so excited for so many women that are going to get their hands on this book. So tell them where to get it. All the things. Yay. Thank you. Yes. So you can get it on Amazon. It's called Your Bright Life. Get clear on what you want, overcome self-doubt, and bring your dreams to life. Um, And you can also find it at hijessicajohnson.com. That'll have links to all the places where you can connect with me. And yeah, I'm so, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Thank you so much for having me. And your podcast, Jess. Tell them about your podcast. Yes. My podcast is called uh, The Bright Life Podcast. Keisha and Sina actually helped me (laughs) launch this years ago now, right? Like I took the podcast course and then later on we even became friends. And And then you were in our wedding. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's a whole winding story. Um, But yeah, that is my podcast, The Bright Life Podcast. And you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, all the places. We talk about self-development, entrepreneurship, and creating one's biggest, brightest life, whatever that looks like for you. I love you. I am just so excited to see people's feedback about this. But regardless, I'm just so proud of you for taking your heart and literally writing, like vomiting it onto pages and going through all the work (laughs) to put this out. And I think it's so encouraging for people. There are a lot of women in this community that want to be authors. And it's like, you didn't wait for someone to tell you you're qualified to write a book. You didn't wait for you'd have X amount of downloads on a podcast or X amount of followers on social media. You're like, this is a dream on my heart and I'm going to make it happen. And you are a living, breathing permission slip for other people to go live their version of a bright life. And I'm just so proud of you. So I love you. Thank you so much, Jess. Love you too. you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.